If you have something to say, I'd like to hear it. I want a divorce. Are you asking me for a divorce? Divorce? I will divorce you so fast, it'll make your head spin. I want a divorce. 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 This is Dallas Divorce Talk with Don Butner and Carla Calabrese. Don and Carla guide you deep inside the world of divorce through all the ins and outs, ups and downs, and any unexpected turns. Now, your hosts to have and to hear, Don Budner and Carla Calabrese. Good morning. This is Dallas Divorce Talk, where families matter on On Air Live. I'm Don Budner here with Carla Calabrese, and we're so excited to be here today to talk to you about a subject that you may think doesn't apply to you, but honestly, I think it's very good advice for anyone involved in a divorce case. So what we're going to talk about today is how to win a custody evaluation. Now, you may be thinking, custody evaluation, what? Isn't that just for people who are, you know, selling drugs or, you know, have alcohol problems or that kind of stuff? doesn't actually, apply to me. Actually, no, right? I mean, in fact... You could be stuck in a custody evaluation just because the other parent requests uh, custody themselves or says that, you know, they want sole managing conservatorship without any facts, figures, or reasons. All they have to do is throw the issue at the judge and say they want the evaluation and the judge is going to order it. That's right. And really, it's very common for one party or the other to ask for a mental health evaluation of the other parent. And what I'm seeing in court now is that when that happens, oftentimes the judge just ends up ordering a custody evaluation. Right. And the law has changed recently, and the standards are more strict for who can perform these evaluations, which I think is a good thing because we want very qualified people to do this important work. But it is a big deal if you have a custody evaluation. Both parents will have mental health evaluations done. The children will be interviewed. All kinds of folks, school and family, anyone living in the house, certainly, um, and anyone that your spouse wants them to talk to because they think they're going to give some dirt on you, will be interviewed. And the real question is, would any of us want to have to go through one of those things? The answer is no. (laughs) No, we would not. So how can we avoid that, Carla? Uh, Collaborative divorce. Yes, people. (laughs) You heard it here. Collaborative divorce will will relieve you of all of these horrible burdens. Any possibility of a custody evaluation, that's for sure. And in a collaborative situation, you can bring in a child mental health professional as well. Child specialist, we call it, who can definitely work with the the parents to deal with any issues that you're having co-parenting. Which is really the better way to deal with that? Because I will say one. Want to say one more thing before we get into Don, get into your your um, tips on the custody evaluation, how to win it. Is I will say this: you don't want to go. Uh, you know, there are lots of clients I've had in my office where it's been pretty obvious that one of the parents or parties or the husband or the, or the wife have the real mental health problems, and the other one is just kind of a normal Joe that we all have our. We all have our stuff, right? But having a 
diagnosable mental health issue and having your stuff are two different things. And if you put yourself, and so I think clients come in and say, well, I want to get an evaluation because then the judge will see that he's got narcissism and bipolar and, you know, borderline and, you know, you name it. And the sad part about that is, is um, you yourself, even if you have none of those things and you really and truly operate on a pretty high emotional health uh, basis, you're going to get a custody of, I mean, you're going to get a mental health um, evaluation as well. And honestly, I don't think anybody realizes what that entails and how that picking a part of who you are, all of a sudden, you know, you're laying your guts out there. So I, I mean, I highly recommend people try to avoid those uh, because I don't really think that they help the process at all. I think all it does is muddy the waters so that now your spouse who maybe, you know, there was someone who was diagnosable, now that person has something on your side of the, of the table. So I'm not a big fan. I never have been in all the years I've been doing this. Um, but Despite that, they're still happening. They're still out there. People aren't, you know, people they're are. They're happening more yeah, rather than yeah. less. So we're here to give you some tips on how to win him. Yes, yes, we are. And But before we do that also, Carla, talk for a second about, really a second, because Kevin just waved his fingers <laughs> at me. No, you, have two, you have two minutes. Okay. <laughs> talk about the functioning level of folks involved in a divorce case. Okay, so here's the here's what I've seen of 25 years of doing this is that I don't care who you are. You could be the most highly functioning, emotionally stable um, person that ever, you know, walked the earth. And if you get yourself into a divorce, the likelihood that you will be low functioning is extremely, extremely high. So the best people low function. And we we tell that to our clients to expect that of themselves so that they are completely prepared when they don't, they look in the mirror and they don't recognize themselves as they're going through a divorce. They don't like literally like, who am I? They can have some normalization of that because that is a very, very common thing. So that's- And who wants to be judged when you are literally well, operating at your that's worst? That's right. So you're, you're operating at your worst moments and your worst emotional health. And then you're going to have somebody come in and, and pick, pick you apart. Not, and not not such a good idea. No, that that's just not a picnic. So we're going to break briefly, and when we come back, we're going to give you tips for how to get an A-plus in a custody evaluation. More of Dallas Divorce Talk coming up. At first I was afraid, I was petrified, I kept thinking I could never live without you. Thick and thin, you're listening to Dallas Divorce Talk. My heart is a blue, shoots up through the stony ground. There's and no welcome back. We are talking about how to win a custody evaluation. And lest you think this will never apply to you, I think really this is great advice if you are just a a spouse involved in a divorce proceeding and or a divorced person who has children so that the the case is sort of perpetually ongoing. And to jump off, I'm going to give you tip number one, which might seem obvious, but in my experience is not. And that is listen to your lawyer. So your lawyer, hopefully, has (laughs) been around the block a time or two 
and has seen how these things play out. So when your lawyer tells you you need to do X, Y, and Z, they're not kidding. You really need to do X, Y, and Z. And in the case of custody evaluation, you have an evaluator who is judging you, has been hired, and you will pay to judge you, and then report on that to the court. The court is going to listen. This person has probably displaced the judge as the most important person in your life, and you need to do anything and everything you can to show the good parent you are, the responsible and mature adult you are at all times from being on time or early to every appointment, being responsive with everything they ask for, every document and all that sort of thing, and just being 110% on your toes. Carla, do you have any thoughts about that? No, I think absolutely. Or you've, <clears throat> you've hit that nail on the head pretty well. I think the the uh, evaluator is an independent expert, not your friend, not your counselor, not your advocate. Uh, don't assume that they're leaning toward your way. Uh, don't um, uh, don't and don't ever talk to your uh, children about what to say. Oh my gosh! Okay, you just said yeah. two things there. Mm -hmm. First, I want to say that comment you just made about don't assume they're your friend. Mm -hmm. This has happened to me in so many cases where, okay, people they really are not your friend. They are paid to be objective. And why, I don't know, but I think all of my clients feel that they're bonding with the custody evaluator. And if that person is just kind of um, a supportive person and maybe nods their head when people talk, then <laughs> they're going to take that and run with it and think, well, that was my invitation to lay out here all my complaints against my spouse yes, right. or ex-spouse mm -hmm. for the evaluator because they are totally feeling me right now. <laughs> and yeah. what we're telling you is, no, they're not. Right. Do not right. do that. Yeah, do not. So the next point you mentioned was... Children? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, be very, very careful about what you say to your children um, because if the evaluator happens to interview the children... Which they will. They will definitely take any mature type response let's say you have i had a case once where we had a about a 12 year old girl and you've got a 13 year old so you can understand this and i had a 12 year old precocious extremely articulate um, was able to comprehend issues far beyond her years and the evaluator basically decided after speaking with the child that the mother had filled her head with all of these things because what 12 year old could could talk like this and so I think what happened was there might have been a few things that my client had said that probably, in and of themselves or one or two alone wouldn't have broken the bank, so to speak, with the evaluator. But I think because this child was so amazingly um, articulate, it just, you know, the evaluator just came down really hard on my client and acted as if she were um, almost, um, you know, filling the head of the child. Well, alienating. So yeah. alienation is a situation in which one parent is trying to give the child information that will persuade the child um, against the other parent. And it can be verbal by telling them things. It can be even really, you know, nonverbal in situations where, you know, some children feel like they can't mention the other parent when they're at dad's house. They can't mention anything about mom. They know what you're, 
conveying. They get it. And if you do anything overt or subtle to try to convince your child that they really don't want to have a relationship with the other parent, the courts do not like that. And the evaluators are really looking for that. And the best time to expect it is when you are the person dropping the child off to have an interview with a custody evaluator. They are looking for any evidence of that, which makes it hard because you feel like, my gosh, I want to prepare my child for this. But by preparing them, by saying one word about yeah, it, you really you, can't. No, no, you, you really got to let it. You can't. Got to let it go. That that's that's a good way to lose a custody evaluation. It is. It is a good way to lose one. Um, I have a story, but I don't think I have enough time about a custody. I, I was fighting tooth and nail against having this child interviewed by the judge because I just don't think that should happen unless it's absolutely necessary. And the mom we knew was Nailing saying all kinds of horrible things to, uh, about the dad. And I tell you what, the judge interviewed anyway, did not care a lick about my concerns. And the judge figured every bit of it out. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those things. You, you're you afraid to just let the child loose in there. You have no idea what's going to happen or if it's going to impact the kid. Um, but I will yeah. say the judges are pretty good at ferreting that out. And the kids are pretty good at, know what's go- at knowing what's going on at home. So, you know, don't be afraid to let them go into those interviews without getting them super prepared. Good advice. All right. We'll be right back, folks, to talk more about winning your custody evaluation on Dallas Divorce Talk. Don't split. More of Dallas Divorce Talk coming up next. Celebrating the sanctity of good radio, this is Dallas Divorce Talk. I'm glad you just pointed that finger at me because I really was about to break into song. This is Dallas Divorce Talk, where families matter. Next time, I'm just not going to let you know. <laughs> that that would not be good, actually. Uh, I'm here, Dawn Budner, with Carla Calabrese, and I can't believe it's already the last bit that we're going to do today on the subject of custody evaluations, but here we are, and Carla, you were talking to me at the break about something you wanted to share on that. Well, I just... we. Um, had talked about, you know, talking to your children um, negatively about the parent or, you know, certainly don't do that. The other thing that you really have to be careful about is when you're being being interviewed by the evaluator. Um, be careful about talking to uh, negatively about your spouse or, you know, the other parent. Yes, that's why you have a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, it just makes the evaluator think that you're unwilling to see the other side. Um, if you're going to bring, um, they're going to want to hear from you, and they are going to want you to bring up constructive um, issues that you know need to be addressed. When you talk about your spouse or the father or mother of your child, if you bring up a a weakness in their parenting abilities, try to find a strength even if you have to reach. Just make one up. <laughs> because it will look better to the evaluator if you can see the good side or the good things that your um, spouse or other parent brings to the table for your child. So that's a really important point is to, to be able to bring both of those um, sides to the evaluator. Um, so you can't, you can't say just don't say anything negative about the other parent because they're going to ask you. Yeah. And it's not realistic. Right. Yeah. And so what, 
you know, we're trying to convey here, and I think, you know, this is probably good advice apart from a custody evaluation, but it is having a little bit of balance in the way that you look at things uh, and being very thoughtful about your approach. So, you know, in a custody evaluation and when you're in front of the judge, the perception of the observer is everything. So they have no way to know truth from non-truth. They can only see what they see. So you need to not think, oh, I'm just going to be myself and that'll all work out because no, it won't. You need to actually give some thought to how you can make sure affirmatively that you are conveying the values that are important to you, uh, what kind of parent you are, what are the positive things you bring to your child. I mean, I've heard stories of people opening the refrigerator to see what food is in there for the kids and, you know, and that right. sort of thing. Yeah. So Don't open need, my refrigerator. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> mine would have a lot of pickles, but uh, you need to be prepared for that. And I think the winner in this game is the person who comes off as more mature and more child focused. And you know, hopefully there's not just one winner because then your kid loses. Right. But if there's a winner, you know, and you don't want to be a non-winner, then the important thing is really in the whole co-parenting mess, I think, is digging deeper and deeper until you can kind of excavate these these sad and bitter feelings that every divorced person has on yeah. you know at some level you need to excavate and get rid of those when it comes to parenting your child and that will come through i think to the fact finder yeah. one thing uh don i wanted to talk about it seems so silly but it's amazing how often it happens is during a uh, i've had this has been a while ago since i um, do more collaborative divorce today, but um, I've had clients that were going through a custody evaluation and they would skip their or miss their parenting time with their child during that evaluation period. And I know it sounds silly, but that's a no-go. You don't no. want to be missing your parenting time. No, you are <laughs> under a microscope. Right. And you know what you just reminded me of when you said that is when you see a document and it says, order at the top, it turns out that is an important document. And even if you, you know, haven't been correctly abiding by every single, you know, T and I in the document, you need to now and big time because the courts, it's amazing how offended they get when someone does not take seriously an order that they issue and the evaluators too. I mean, that's just a sign that you are you are not fully with the program here because that's really viewed as unacceptable. So yeah. you got to watch it on this. Another things. reason to choose collaborative divorce. Yes, yes. And <laughs> stay out of the courtroom. And, and while we're talking about that, custody evaluations. The cost. Uh, oh, my heavens. You know, I, we did one uh, once, this is a while ago, but it was $32,000 for the custody evaluation, just the evaluation. And we actually had another mental health professional in the case who said that as, and I have a lot of respect for that professional. She said it wasn't worth the piece of paper it was written on. 32K. But it was only $32,000. So <laughs> no harm, no foul, right? <laughs> no, we are, you guys, I can't believe we Our are time? at the end of this we segment, oh. but we want to end by again, reiterating our mantra 
Collaborate, don't litigate. And families matter at Calabrese Huff and Dallas Divorce Talk. Bye, Dallas. So good, Carla. Have a great day.